0: Reflection is a very, very deep thing. Um, I have an opportunity to do a very, very deep reflection. This episode is going to be very personal for me. Um, you're gonna, I'm gonna let you see why the month of August gives me slight heartburn. Also, we're gonna do our version of hot takes, my conversations with my cousins, and. We're going to chat about a clip I saw about Stephen A. Smith saying that Steph Curry is the greatest point guard ever. Interesting. Interesting take. And a lot more here on Lunch Table Talk on this episode. So stick tuned. See you in a few. Now this week me thomas and jamal had a text yesterday and making more specific it was yesterday and thomas sent a clip about Melly mel talking about uh the top five and hip-hop and he said he doesn't believe in a number one or top whatever he said that these lists are whatever they are and basically said they're just niggas talking shit jay-z talking shit Cajun lamar talking shit Nas, he was number three. Talking shit. Now, if he'd have said any other artists but these three, I might have said, you know what? You may have a point there. But he doesn't have a point there. Reasonable doubt turned the game out. Kendra Lamar, any of his releases have, have changed some people's views on certain things. Nas is the God MC. He's the second coming of rock So you're basically saying all three of these guys are just talking shit. I'm not going to reveal what we said on the text chain, but there was uh, Thomas was basically giving a very good soliloquy about how, you know, it should be used. Hip- he feels like hip hop should be used to give more positive light or even more encouraging to our our situation now if you were to google the song in which he created the message with grandmaster flash and the furious five it will tell you this the message was an earlier prominent hip-hop song to provide social commentary the song's lyrics describe the street of inner city poverty and the final verse a child in the ghetto without a prospect in life lured away into a life of crime for which he is jailed until he commits suicide in his cell. That's what, That's what. if you Google what, what they feel like the meaning of the message was, that's what it says. So, social commentary. It, gave a, it was probably the first reality song I've ever heard. It talked about life in the hood, which up to that point had not been discussed. It was always party. It was always about me being this or that. The first time a person actually said something of reality and talked about their surroundings was this song. So you gave birth to something that has went in a into a trajectory that you don't probably get credit for. I'll start with that. Number 2, it's kind of hard to even go. I'm just I'm basically just going off this little clip. The only the issue when you see little clips is that you can't really gauge the entire interview. And I didn't have time yesterday to watch the entire interview. So I'm just going to go off just this clip. The clip that they showed made it look like he was... Um, because he's not in the top five. And probably some of the artists that he likes aren't in the top five. But when I last checked, Jay, Kendrick, and Nas are very... Great. Are not good artists, they're great artists. Now, I'm gonna go look at this clip again, and if it's different, then I'll come back on another episode. We'll talk more about this. But in the end, it's all hip hop, bro. Whether you like it or you don't like it, there's a lot of good music within this genre that's been made for decades. It's now 50 years old, it has survived the, it's a novelty. It's this and it's that. At the end of the day, we all have our different takes on it. And I basically just said, you know what? There's no artist development now. Um, a lot of the artists just go for what they know. And there is no guidance. I will agree with you with that. There, there isn't too much guidance, but let's be realistic. How much guidance do you really want these artists to really have? Yes, they should be. there should be more positive music probably being promoted, but it's a music business. And I understand that that type of music will not get to the masses. It is our opportunity to basically take control and say, yo, it's okay if you like to do this. It's okay if you like to do that. It should never always be one way, but we prefer it that way. Think about it for a second. If you look at the how the music has progressed since the day that it was birthed up to now, you can always see there was a different type of movement that always came in. You saw how it went from partying, started to get real, but then we're talking about lyrics, we're talking about storytelling. Then it went to the positive movement of stop the violence. We're all in the same game. You see the kid and play thing, you see the Fresh Prince thing. And then it went strict to gangster, And it stayed that way until probably like 97 when the shiny suit era came in, then the streets came back in, and then it just, it kind of just went all over the place. You We've seen this, so it's not like it's something different. Now it's at a point where it's like, how much Perkins said and, and Oxycontin can you guys really take? But that's what people like to a certain degree. Me, I like lyrics. I like to hear a good beat. I like to hear a complete album. So I challenge some of the younger artists out there, if you're listening, to go beyond the regular rhetoric. Be yourself. Don't be what you think everybody else may like of you. Be the best version of yourself. Look to the J's. Look to the Nas. Look to the Kendrick's, Look at the, the Rock Hems. Look at the EPMDs. Know the history of this genre. It's not about just shaking your ass on the stage and getting claps. Because in the end, do you want to be remembered as the girl that had the fat ass and made the claps? But now when you're 60 years old, you got a replacement hip and you can't drop it low like you did on the original songs? I mean, that's cute for the moment, but... What's the longevity part of this? Because after all, no one thought hip-hop would have the longevity. Now it's 50. And if it's going to survive another 50 years, the artists today need to figure out a way to do more than just have great bodies and, and showcase it and feel like that's the only way they can get over. So I challenge you to do such a thing. People shouldn't remember you that you had over 800 chains on they should remember that you are a dope MC. Yeah, Jay and Nas wore a lot of chains, but they were they had dope lyrics. They had great albums. The question is, do you want to be remembered as the artist that came out and had 800 chains and said three lines over and over and made the song? Or do you want to be like Drake? Drake is an international sensation. And when he stopped recording, I don't want to say this, but I hope the culture doesn't die when he stops recording. I hope the culture doesn't stop when J. Cole decides to hang it up or Kendra Lamar or Big Sean. That's just my take on that. We'll be back with the next segment shortly. month of august is difficult for me because 20 years ago my father passed away um i usually don't talk about him a lot and it's not because i don't love him it's not because it's too painful it's because i see a lot of myself within him except i'm light-skinned and he was a little more darker like chocolate candy I just think about some of the things he would (laughs) either talk about or maybe laugh about about what's going on in sports today or how the world is my father was a maverick he did things on his own terms he didn't have a problem with speaking his own mind I'm a little bit worse to a certain degree I have some really good sarcasm I believe I asked my mother, where did I get it from? And she said, oh, it's kind of hard to say, son. You may have gotten it from both sides. So you might be a sarcastic asshole. But regardless of the fact, 20 years ago this month, my father passed away. And there were some things that I needed to talk to him about that I could never have that conversation Um, No matter if people were to fill in the blanks and tell me what they felt he was thinking at the time, it is not the same as if he would be telling me. So a few things that I've had to deal with since that time frame and in passing, I've had to live with and I'll live with those things forever. From that, I've always told people like, yo, whatever you need to say, you need to say it. You need to get some things answered, get them answered. Because once your parents walk off this earth, you do not have a 100% way of knowing what they were thinking or what they were feeling in those moments. I must give shout outs to my grandfather, AKA Pops, for filling in some of the blanks. Um but it it it, it was genuinely because it was him but it had been even more if it was my real father but unfortunately he lived his life to the best that he could and he, he rolled on I had a great father a father that would drop everything to come do anything for his son to a point that my stepmother had to call me and say hey um dad's kind of tired that you can find another way to get to your prom I know he told you he would but he's really tired he's been working 12 hours he'll do anything for you there's nothing he wouldn't do for you and for her to admit that and say that to me I said Nah, no problem I can do that thank you baby I really appreciate that but he's really been working hard I wasn't mad at her for a second I kind of was but I thought about it I said for her to say what she said to protect him, because he was where he was working 12 hours, and he's going back to work in the morning. I said, "Yeah." The mere fact of the way he looked when I came home from prom solidified everything for me. I never seen a man smile so hard. I never saw a man more prouder. He asked me how it was. I said it was great, great experience. He said, "Good, good, good." I'm just sleeping right here on this couch. I'm gonna get up in about another thirty minutes, and I'ma uh, go to work. But I wanted to wait to see you, son. I love you. Lay to, dad. I went up there and went to sleep. I also remember how he looked when I graduated. I looked up, couldn't miss him. He had on a red jacket, my favorite color. The one thing I do regret, I didn't get a picture with him for graduation. I don't know why we didn't take a picture. Uh, my grandparents were there. My stepmother was there. Um, my niece was there. My auntie was there. I'm, I don't even know why we didn't get a picture. I don't know. It, the moment. But him, him leaving has left a void in my life for the last 20 years. and I've, I purposely have tried to fail. And what I've learned is you can't fill that void. Sometimes it just has to stay open. And it'll heal on its own. The last five years, I've allowed that void to heal. You have to ask yourself, five years? Yeah, the last 15, I've been trying to fill or put things in perspective. This month, I always try to stay busy. I try not to think about what's going on. But... It wasn't just my father that passed away this month. My grandmother passed away as well. We're talking about one of the nicest ladies on earth. She always kept her voice the same way. She never cussed. But she always wouldn't hesitate to tell you certain things that you need to do. Or give me that look. Recently, I found out I probably was, besides my cousin, Darlinda, we were the only two that got whooped by her. And most people were shocked. I said, really, you're shocked that I got a whooping? I said, you sure it was me? And my cousin, Kevin was like, yeah, it was you. Cause she told you to stop talking. You wouldn't stop talking. Me and Carl just sat there and said, we gonna sit here and watch and see what happens. So yeah, no more tea cakes. No more of that special breakfast that she would always cook. No more talking about sports or basketball because believe it or not she watched the NBA Finals back in the 80s and the fact that she knew the players we could watch the game I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the fact that she always had that that nice good candy in her purse or how she made sure that we, um, every Christmas, anything, we always had what we needed. So the month of August has always been that month where I think about both of them. They both passed away within the last week of August. And they I got the call about both of them being gone while I was doing the exact same job, just different times. For my dad, it was in the evening and I was working by the mountain of flight line. Usually I never hear my phone, but that night I heard my phone. When it was time for my grandmother, same thing. I, I went into work early that day and I was working the mountain of flight line. And I got the phone call and I thought about staying, but I said, no, I'm gonna go home, I gotta go. So I decided I'm gonna stay till the shift is over, but I gotta go. Because at the time they were in a bind and they were calling people in early and I didn't mind going to work early. The idea of having to drive all the way up to Central Michigan to tell my cousin, who she was the last one to really spend a lot of time with our grandmother, the news in person with her brother, that trip will always stand out in my mind because we got in the car it wasn't raining it was going up uh, I think 96 it was just man we talked about everything it was almost like for a minute we, have, we were in a space where we really didn't know we had delivered this bad news and the idea that we got to her dorm we got on the elevator we got off They were coming out of their room and coming toward the elevator and when she saw us she's like what y'all doing here and then that's when it dawned on her what had happened and she almost fell out in the hallway to see that and to gather her up get her and bring her home so that you know she can be around family I got them back home about midnight and I came home. My mom was like, I'm surprised you came home. So I thought she was gonna spend the night over there. I said, nah, I, I think I need to be in my own bed. Um, I just need to be in my own bed. Um, I think I went to work the rest of that week, except for maybe Friday, and then the funeral. Also that same month, same time frame along with my grandmother. I broke up with my girlfriend at that time. So it was a double, double, triple whammy this month so far. Um, we had, we were having problems prior to that situation. But I could no longer take her immaturity about family. And mind you, she was at a family gathering when I arrived at her home. Everyone was happy to see me. She made a comment to her auntie, which I'll never forget when she said, Oh, he wasn't too heartbroken. He was out hanging out with his family till almost two or three in the morning. And our auntie was like, That's what he's supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do in here. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. She got in the car and was just talking. And I'm thinking to myself, Could you just shut up? Like, I just went through a traumatic experience. Like, my grandmother just died. And three years prior to that, my father died around the same time frame. Like, I've been dealing with death this whole year. You know what? I don't need this shit. I don't. Maybe God is telling me that, look, this ain't it. You got to find something about this ain't it. So I had to walk away from her. Now, granted, we did try to make it work some years later, but... It didn't. I've always made the best out of the worst situation for this month. And I've always asked God, why me? Give me understanding. Please, show me the path to get to where I need to be so this doesn't hurt as much when it comes around. And he showed me that path. He's taken care of. Of both of them. They're in a better place. That doesn't mean I don't miss them. Family gatherings have not been truly the same. It's still love there. I love to see my family. But those faces. Are the faces I'll never see or hear. Ever again. So to both my dad and my grandmother. I love you. I deeply miss you. My dad has been 20 years. I'm just wondering what would you think of me at this moment. Would you be proud? I would like to believe so. Would you give me that great advice that you've always, you were giving me before you walked off this earth? Tell me some good gems. I've, I'm, I've used them, Dad. I hope you see. And one day, I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime, Maybe it'll be when we see each other in heaven again. We're going to have that conversation. Until then, I love you and I miss you. Yes, son. 2003 had its ups and downs and if you think about it the year seems like a lot and it's significant because like I said in the previous segment my father this month has been gone almost 20 years also my grandmother three years after my father passed she made her transition but until also in 2003 my stepmom made her transition a few months after my father And she loved him, and he loved her. They had a beautiful life together. We enjoyed a lot of trips. We had a lot of great conversation. She was one of the ladies that helped cultivate the person that I am. She never was afraid to tell me the absolute truth. And within saying the absolute truth, you learn that criticism is part of life. And what I mean by that is she did not have her issue with telling me, hey, Karan, you should do it like this. Or, hey, Karan, can you do this? She always was able to read me. She was always able to put confidence in me to do what I'm doing right now. She always felt I was going to do something special. And I want to thank her for that. But when I think about the rest of that year, it seemed like it was all in phases. I remember the, I believe the Patriots won the Super Bowl that year. The Lakers lost in the second round and my favorite basketball player said, hey, next season starts right now. I also remember my best friend getting married, but also we took a trip to Dallas, Texas as well. Why we went to Dallas, Texas, you're probably gonna have to ask him was one of the greatest weeks of vacation of my life reason being because i was able to be in another state and no one could bother me but all jokes and kids aside it was a great experience because number one we saw a different culture we saw differently how people live and mind you this is probably one of those times where we didn't have a car we pretty much had to walk everywhere And it was hot. But we were in shape then. I'm not saying we're not in shape. We were in better shape then. The food tasted better. Um, We were right next door to the Galleria Mall. And the one thing I will say is the Hilton Hotel back then that we stayed in was A+. Uh, My best friend was... A Hilton employee, so they can pretty much one of the perks they have. They can stay anywhere in any of their hotels as long as they had room for them, and they may have to pay a security deposit. That security deposit is only fifty dollars. But here's the funny part about how we got to Dallas, Texas: we took the Greyhound bus. That is the first and last time we I've ever taken a bus. It took forever for us to leave the state of Michigan once we got to Chicago and started heading down south, we met some interesting people along the way. One of those people I sat next to for most of the bus ride was a lady, and I can't recall her name, but her daughter was in labor having a baby. And she was in danger of losing the child. On the process of her getting on the bus and traveling to be with her daughter, she had lost the baby. So my job from that point forward was to have a, a conversation with this lady and keep her upbeat. And she she was just she just started crying and just kept saying, It's okay, baby. I, I'm st- I'll, be, I'll be there as soon as I can get there. And she said, I don't know what I'm gonna tell my baby. I I I just I said, Would you like to pray? She said, I would love to pray, young man. So we said a prayer. And at the end of that prayer, she said, Well, you know, God don't make mistakes. No, nah, God doesn't. But we as human beings, we do. And trust me, this this too shall pass. And she looked at me and said, It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but it will shall it this this too shall pass. Um I do think that guy moves in mysterious ways. I said a lot of things between that ride between, I believe it was Memphis all the way to Alabama. And then from there we had to go over. The biggest thing that she took away from that ride was that she was comfortable and happy that I sat next to her on this ride down. And then we talked about a few other things, like, what are you listening to? I said, oh, this is just 50 Cent. She said, really? I heard a lot about this 50 Cent character. I said, yeah, it's a great album. What does your mom think about you with all this cussing? I said, oh, ma'am, I'm 25. You didn't look like you were no more than 18. Yes, I was 25 at the time. I would say that ride to Dallas, Texas was fun. The ride back was like very irritating. It just felt like it took on forever. But I learned a few lessons along the way. Like for one, Perron's never riding a Greyhound bus ever again. Two, I wish I had a mini disc player so therefore I would not have had to carry so many CDs. See then we use CDs. And I'm not afraid to tell you that the best album that year in 2003 was Get Rich or Die Trying. There was no way you can escape that album. It was everywhere. I don't know that one person who did not have it. I don't know that one person who did not play it. And I'm going to go on record and say this, and you, you can challenge me if you like. The first song is the second greatest song I've ever heard on a hip-hop album to start the album off with. The first one is Ambitious of a Writer by Tupac on All Eyes on Me. That to me is the number one song to start off on an album. Like when I heard it, it had a spirit of its own and it just, mmm. But when you hear What Up Gangsta on 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying," it was like, you can't help but just say hit that again. Hit that again. But the reason why I could say that is because I was able to listen to it while I was at work. Back then, we were allowed to have radios or I had a boom box. And the job that I had at the time I was an assembler in a production line, my job was to make sure that the wheels and tires were correct and that when it went to the machine, it mounted it correctly. So just imagine being there for 10 or 11 hours. You have a lot of time to kill besides just looking at the job and doing the job. So, of course, I had an opportunity to listen to music. That year was the best album I've ever heard. It was the hypers album ever. Next would be The Blueprint by Jay-Z. Not The Blueprint. Correction. The Black Album. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get them confused because they're in my top five of jay Z's albums of all time. But anyway, The Black Album. To this day, I get waken up by... The interlude of the public service announcement. When it comes on, by the time he hits that second verse, I'm already up in the bathroom brushing my teeth. If that was supposed to be Jay-Z's farewell album, mission accomplished. The album left more to say that he could have done, he should, he should not retire. This is more. Why are you leaving? Of course, most people who retire in hip-hop don't never stay retired. They end up coming back. He did come back. But if that was going to be his last album, man, did he go out on top. Change Clothes, What More Can I Say, Threats, Lucifer, What More Can I Say. (laughs) Also that year, Beyonce dropped her solo album. Um, If you didn't know uh, Beyonce was going to be a star, that album announced it to the whole world. She became what she is today. And 20 years later, a good friend of mine told me that besides Michael Jackson, if there's a concert you want to go to, it would be a Beyonce concert. But back in 2003, did anyone really knew that she would hit that stratosphere? Yeah, she did. Her releasing that album did two things. It put her where she wanted to be and it was the end of Destiny's Child. As a good saying used to say, not all good things last forever. But while it's here, enjoy it until it's gone. Also, I bought Ludacris' album, Chicken and Beer, which is a great album. Ludacris doesn't get a lot of respect in the hip-hop community, in my opinion. He has made thought-provoking songs. But back in 2003, I think people just looked at him as a comical rapper, a guy who's got witty punchlines, but... They would never take his content very seriously. Splash Waterfall, Stand Up, Holes in My Room. Just listen to the song. It's him and Snoop Dogg, Holes in My Room. Also, Philadelphia Free came out that year. A lot of great uh, hip-hop albums, including the album that won uh, won a Grammy for Album of the Year, Speaker Box and The Love Below. You already know who made Decide to Love Below, which is Under 3000. This may be the only hip hop album I've ever listened to, as the older it gets, the better that it gets. Some albums are dated. You like it's for nostalgia reasons why you listen and you love it. They made a priceless album. And to me, we're still waiting for an Under 3000 solo album. We'll even take another outcast album, I even mean, if it's just five songs. Don't deny the public. Please, do come back, come back. They haven't broken up, but they haven't put another album back. They have not done an album together. Also in 2003, the blackout happened. I mentioned that earlier when I was talking about my father, but I was at work when all of this transpired. And to be honest, we didn't know what it was. It was funny. We arrived at work. We're in the break room having our usual conversation. might as well say it's like a pre-game thing before the 10, 11 hour day begin to start. First shift is still working, but then the power goes out. So everything is just stopped in its tracks. First shift is allowed to leave. We're still there for at least a few hours before they tell us we can go home. Because we didn't know what it was. We didn't know if it was a power hours in the neighborhood or everyone's out so they sent a couple of maintenance guys to go check on a couple of our customers and see if they're going home well General Motors at the time with who we supplied they were sending people home they said this blackout is all over the city and maybe all over the state so they just decided to send everyone home and of course all the lights are out <laughs> So it's like everyone's doing a four-way stop, traffic is standstill. still, so I'm pretty much sure if you were on the East Coast around that time, I'm interested to hear what were you doing during the blackout, because all I did was go home and sit on my porch until it got dark, and then once it got dark, I lit a cam- candle, stayed outside for a little bit, and then I went to sleep. And then if you listen earlier, you you know what I did for the rest of that weekend. Um 2003 was a very unique year. I found love also that year. And I'll say in the last segment we also broke up a few years later. It's just amazing how a year can just take you through Evans Evans of Flow. Like most people will say they remember 2020 just for COVID. Well, I remember it for going on a cruise, COVID, new way of doing things at work, as well as um, finding new lessons and appreciating life. Looking back on a few things I've talked about, I've realized that. I've come a long way in the 20 years since 2003. I've learned that life is very precious. Time waits for no one. You must seize the moment. You must appreciate things while you have it and realize that this moment will not last forever. My strength and faith in God has grown stronger and realize that I may not have accomplished a lot of things I probably should have in the last 20 years, but I don't regret what has transpired in the last 20 years. There's always a phrase that says, keep living. You'll see things, keep living. That's all my mom and grandma used to always say, just keep living, you'll see it. You'll see some things. You don't know nothing yet, just keep living. I used to be mad when people say, oh, you're still a young buck. Now at the age of 45, I enjoy when people say I'm still a young buck. I appreciate all the life lessons that I've learned from that point in my life, from the death of my father and my stepmom. Because truly, they are, I truly do miss them. and I pray and hope that one day that I'll be able to see them and, and chat with them once again. I love Stephen A. Smith. He represents a lot of good things about people in sports who are analysts. He's well articulated. He knows the game. He's been covering it for a long time. I even bought his book. Um, I will begin starting reading it very soon. But I love that brother. There's not too many people I can honestly say I watch. I make sure to watch him. If not on first take, I at least look on YouTube. I listen to his podcast. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. But he made a comment that I, I, my reaction to it, I, I disagree with. You can call me old school if you like, but I can't go with that notion. Because the idea that you can believe Stephen Curry is the greatest point guard ever. No. Stephen Curry to me is the greatest shooter ever. And I've come to that realization because he can flat out shoot it. Now, if you're talking about degrees of shooting, like clutch and everything else, that's another conversation. But we're just saying pure shooting. You want to go and see a guy who just can shoot the blood out the ball? It would be Stephen Curry. Four-time champion, two-time most valuable player of the regular season, one-time unanimous. That's the one thing he has over everybody that's ever played this game. He's the first unanimous, most valuable player of the league. He finally got his finals MVP back in 2022. He has won four championships, three beating LeBron. The fact that we're having this conversation is not preposterous or crazy. It's just that the the position is not the same he has a point guards body but he's really a two guard he doesn't really assist the ball he shoots the ball he may initiate some offense but his assist total how he gets other people is not the same as Magic Johnson Irvin Magic Johnson Magic Johnson won five championships people he was the MVP in his rookie season. Yes, Kareem should have probably been the MVP, but that's that stat line of 42 points, 15 rebounds and seven assists, playing five positions and he jumped center. I was only two years old and I don't even remember seeing that game live in person, No one did. you saw it on tape delay. But as I got older and they showed it on classic sports, you can't help but marvel at this man being that type of champion don't get me wrong, if you're telling me that it comes down to those two guys, yes, it the, the conversation can be had, but I personally will not consider Stephen Curry the greatest point guard ever. Shooter, yes. Point guard, no, and I understand today's point guards are not the same as when Magic played. Today's point guards shoot the ball. They, they also can start the offense. They do everything, but they are more scorers now. And if you're going to have that conversation of who's the best scoring combo guard, he's in the conversation. But there was another guy predating these guys that you see today. That guy would be Isaiah Thomas. And Magic even told y'all on the episode of First Take, go look it up. He told Stephen A. Smith, Isaiah Thomas could just score the ball better than us. His will, his determination, he would take those tough shots. The rest of them were just traditional point guards. If I'm not mistaken, Tiny Archibald led the league in scoring and assists in one season. You can look that up. Oscar Robinson averaged a triple-double. You can look that up. For his career, he averaged a triple-double for the first five years of his career. So if we're really going to have this conversation of the greatest point guards ever, we must bring everybody into the forefront if we're going to say Stephen Curry is the greatest point guard ever. I'm sorry, it's still going to be Magic Johnson, and it's not even close in my book, but I'm not going to sit there and say he does not belong to be in that conversation. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. But if you disagree with me, please leave a comment. And you can come on the show and we can argue about it. I have a very, not argue, but have a very healthy, positive debate about it. Next up will be final thoughts. thank you again for listening to this episode um, I opened my heart up a little bit about why this month can be very difficult for me um, labeling and heartbreak is probably the best title I've ever came up with and I tried my best to not make it so mushy mushy or whatever but if it went a little bit too whatever I'm sorry but this was somewhat of a therapy for me I also decided to stay with the motif of looking back at some of the things that I recall from 2003. Um, if I forgot anything that may have happened on a worldwide scale, please listen in the comments. Um, please leave comments. I love to hear what some of you guys feedback is about the show. And if you want to be on the show, please leave a comment. I'll gladly figure out a way for you to get on the show. We'll talk about a range of topics here on Lunch Table Talk. But in conclusion, thank you for listening. I appreciate the love. Please subscribe. Stay safe. Peace.